2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul, and who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it, that sounds too good, No, Roll uh, no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: if the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network Crossover Pod Mailbag. We have a lot of days off before Game 3 of Bucks celtics we wanted to take our minds off of Game 2, so myself, my expressive co-host Rohan Kadi I'm Ty Windish of the Eurostep, Rohan also of the Eurostep, and the hmm. mysterious host <laughs> of the Win Winning Six podcast, Jordan Tresky, joins us. Adam got on my case, I don't know if you heard about being selective with my adjectives, so now everyone gets an adjective. Jordan, Rohan, how's it going?
3: it's going well it's uh series is i dare i say going somewhat expected it's competitive it's going um, the bucks taking one game in boston game one obviously that's encouraging that that's arguably the hardest thing that they had to do to go into the series and they got that done right away uh maintaining that that'll be a, the hardest part about that with the series go back to milwaukee but i think so far, I would say about the kind of series I expect to go in.
2: I'm impatient. I want basketball. I want Bucks basketball. There's not even any basketball on the day we're recording this, which so is Thursday. Like, come on. There's four series going on. You can't schedule to have a game every day? I don't understand. It's absolute lunacy.
1: Thankfully, there's Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Go check out cruising for a bruising for some... Uh, literally, I got up on Wednesday... And I just, like, immediately, like, tapped into the Brewers season. Like, I'm looking up box scores. I'm listening to the pod. I'm like, I need a break from this basketball thing for a day because that game was ugly. But I do agree, Jordan, that that's the funny part about a series, right? Because going in, it was a bold prediction to say the Bucs would win game one, right? That was Adam's bold prediction. And all those mm. were like, whoa, whoa, spicy. Like, they need to win one in Boston at some point. If they win one of the first two, that's a great start. We all agreed. And then they win game one so convincingly, they lose game two so convincingly, and suddenly it feels like, you know, this dire situation. Thankfully, the Blase Bucks are probably not too affected either way. Um, I feel like they would say the same things no matter what happened at any point, except for winning a championship. Otherwise, no matter what it is, we're just going to get better for the next time and build good habits and whatever else. And George Hill is either questionable or out and never going to play again, (laughs) apparently. Um, but we do have a different injury update for Boston. Jordan, I'm going to throw to you our Israeli-Boston correspondent. <laughs>
3: uh, yes, Marcus Smart, after missing Game 2 with a, what was it, thigh contusion? I think yeah. That was what they uh, deemed it as. Um, talking to reporters today, same strong likelihood I should be back for Game 3. This is from Jared Weiss of The Athletic. We're just dealing with that last part of getting that restriction on the knee and the joints, so I will be able to bend it. Once that goes away, I should be back to myself. My interjection is, yeah, to play basketball, it's
1: very key that your <laughs> knee bends properly. Can we um, get Can we get Rohan weighing in on this? Our, our medical correspondent, because yes, I, I don't know, I, I don't know floor. if I can, I don't know if I can take your word on that, Jordan. It is important. Okay. Okay. Now I believe you.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. Chances are, you will see Marcus Smart in three, 230 at in Milwaukee. What condition he'll be in? I think that's a fair, fair question to ask because uh, clearly, not even just the thigh, he
1: got uh, his shoulder
3: dislocated. Well, they, the they're, they're just
1: saying it's a stinger, right?
3: Yeah, but it's... <laughs> It's just to see, like, yeah. I, I guess I it is
1: a stare, but it is just like it really stung. Like,
3: yeah, two of his limbs have already been affected. Let's could three and four be affected as the series goes on? Probably, knowing Marcus Smart and just his playing mm-hmm. habits.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting considering how Milwaukee was able to weather the Marcus Smart flop, flopaganza, flop, flopanza. I think, a think flop- you had
1: it at first.
2: Flopaganza. Yeah. In game one. And then without him in game two, uh, they sort of, you know, did not weather that storm, not given correlation is not causation in this case, but uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting, interesting for sure. Marcus Smart, obviously one of the best defenders on their team, defensive player of the year uh, fraud, defensive player of the year, Uh, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. That's all I'll say.
1: It will indeed be interesting. I know we have, you know, questions that range the gamut from all sorts of things, some about the series itself. So we're going to talk more about it as we answer these questions, both in our Discord. People in the GSPN Discord get priority answering. If you would like to get into the Discord, there is a form. It is in mine, Rohan's, and the Eurostep podcast Twitter bios. I don't know if it's in Jordan's bio. That is, it might we, not be. We'll update that. No, we can't afford Jordan's bio. That's that's too expensive <laughs> for for our, our link tree. But go to the link tree, click Discord access wherever you find it, uh, and you can get in there too to get your questions answered right away. Is there anything we should touch on before we get into these, or are we should we just start the mailbag? Let's just go for it. Let's go. Yeah, we'll probably branch up another topics. Of course, we certainly will. Um, first question from Jakey Poo. If Brooke Lopez was a hip-hop album, what would he be? So hmm. I think it's gotta be something relatively old school. Yeah. My that was my first thought, like 90s hip hop so, rap. I, I have an answer. I had to look up what the album actually is, so it's more it's more of about a song. But I had I was basically my answer is whatever album Shook One's part two by Mob Deep is on. It's called The Infamous, is the album. It was also a single, so I guess I could just go with the single. But I had to go with shook ones because it's very old school and cool, like Brooke Lopez, and also everyone who ventures into the paint against him is inevitably a shook one. So I'm gonna go with Mob Deep for for Brooke. They're no Will Chamberlain. Uh, there
3: no <laughs> Will Chamberlain. That's, <laughs> that's what true. I've been
2: told. Um, Jordan, you want to go first or second? I I'm struggling with this one. I I have one. Let me. Uh, yeah, you know, go. You, what you, know. you think. So I did not take the approach of saying, "Oh, it's it's old school necessarily," because it's not like he's an old school player. He's not an old school player. He's a modern NBA big. What are we talking about here, Ty? But uh, he's not. Uh, he's mo- what obviously, makes him modern? No, his ability to protect the rim, space the boards. That's floors. new. Yeah, we didn't have rim protectors before. Well, it used to be just like post up centers. Okay, like think of Brooke Lopez back in the day. That's not modern NBA center. Okay. Brooke Lopez now is a modern NBA center. All right, like think of the think of the DeAndre Ayton archetype. Yeah, Brooke Lopez fits into that category. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, I don't feel like that's a hot take. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so, but he's obviously not the best, right? But he's still really, really good. He's cut from the cloth of the greats. I'm gonna go with damn Kendrick Lamar. Okay. It's not his best discography, but uh, it's very, very, very good. Very, very solid. Reliable. Dependable. Brooke Lopez.
3: I, okay. So going off of what you said, you made a good point of like Brooke Lopez, what Brooke Lopez was entering the NBA to Brooke Lopez now. He has undergone a role playing transformation. What album or artist underwent a like, sonic transformation or maybe not even like because you could say like the greatest artists or rappers or whatever hip-hoppers um that's the (laughs) same yeah yeah exactly and say like oh this is the album where like everything came together like everything coming together for brooke lopez was coming to the bucks but like being just like the super duper role player that's where i'm that's where i'm getting i'm struggling and i can't think of like a lot i there's i'm sure there's an answer Uh, But I cannot think of an album specifically that would be like, oh, that is Brooke Lopez to Because also he's just like a geek. So (laughs) Brooke Lopez, who he is, like as a person, like interjects with
1: what I would try to, my answer would be. Jordan's going to go with nerdcore hip hop. (laughs) Also known as losers, according to Alex Trebek. (laughs) One of the best clips of all time. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Have you guys seen that? I
3: yeah. have
2: seen that. Yeah, so That's good, dude. That's he's the a- goat. He's the
1: goat. <laughs> you can bring out the feistiness,
3: but do it in a very like stealthy way that just like knocks you back up your like heels.
1: Yeah. <laughs> should Should we come back to you later, Jordan? Yeah, I'll I'll have an answer for later in the pod. That'll be the tease. Okay. Well, I think this one is less creative. Bigger priority in the off season, still from Jakey Pooh, Bobby or Zach Levine.
2: Are we talking general NBA? I'm assuming, right? No, I, would think Bucks. A big, I think it's Bucks. no, it's
1: Bucks. It's got to be Bucks.
2: Well, I, how is Zach Levine even a priority for the Bucks?
1: Uh, some people think the Bucks need to somehow turn Chris Middleton into a better on-ball creator. What? This is not my take. What?
2: I
3: mean,
1: we saw it last
3: series, right? Zach Levine was very good. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I mean, my I'm take sorry. is. It it's might Bobby be, Portis.
1: My take might for is it might be better for the Bulls if they lose him rather than give Zach Levine a full max based on how he's just never really able to stay healthy and how much of his game relies on athleticism. I think he's good. But full max these days, it's going to be like $55 million in the last year of the deal. Like that's – even if the cap keeps going up, which it probably will. I mean it's Bobby Portis for me for sure. No, no question. Yeah, Bobby Portis logistically – I mean it makes the most sense too. They have his bird rights
3: yeah uh I think the, what is the most of
1: the right because they he has a player option on this deal
3: yeah too. it's early
2: bird it's yeah.
1: early bird if he, he will opt out and sign something else almost certainly they can't yeah. sign him to whatever yet they need to do one more year but he can he could sign like i think nearly 50 million over four years I, yeah, i'm pretty like sure that. after this season basically like a john hammond contract mid-2000 <laughs> literally any player Pretty
2: much, that's pretty much hard. <laughs> Miles Plumley, you get a contract.
1: Yeah. Mirza Teletovic? You get a contract. That
2: one wasn't, that one was not That gets avoided.
1: That one was sad. No. Yeah. Shout out Mirza. Yeah.
2: Beers Mount Mirza.
1: Mirza. Yeah. Okay. Uh Next question from Rare Monkey, a.k.a. Matt. Rare asked a few questions. Number one, this is a, an allusion to the Dunkers spot. A great NBA podcast worth checking out with Nikaias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr. But he asks, what's with the extreme lack of seasoning on offense this last game? The first game they came out with different looks, including my favorite, the empty corner with a deadly three-point shooter at the break. Where is it? And then also, how important is the three in this series? To me, it's the most important thing.
2: Um, they get in their own heads, as usual. Yeah. It's really
3: important when the Celtics are making more threes than the Bucks attempted. Yeah, that's bad. Game two. That's bad. Um, I think it was Eric Nahum. I read one of his pieces. The one today, Thursday, is really, yeah, really, that's really the, good. Yeah, that is the fewest the Bucks have attempted in the Bud era, and you have to go back to, like, 2013 for a
1: game in which they had 18 or fewer threes. I couldn't believe there was never a game where Jason Kidd just said, no threes at all. We're just not that's, shooting them to teach a lesson. That's what's even more important or, like, kind of interesting is, like, because – that was 2015-16
3: to a T. So, like, you're playing MCW, Giannis, Jabari, Greg Monroe. Chris is, like, the only, like, willing shooter that wouldn't get, like, electrocuted. That's my interjection. But if, you, <laughs> if he was shooting threes, yeah. um, that, that was reckless speculation. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, This series, it's going to be very important if the Bucks, uh, I think... It's not a key adjustment because you could just say, like, oh, yeah, shoot more threes. But uh, Celtics did a really good job of, like, throwing them off of their three-point line and having to put, like, Pat making plays or Grace and Allen making plays and stuff like that, putting them in more uncomfortable situations for them when they are kind of, you know, they were very keen on shooting threes when Giannis' double team in game one.
1: Yeah, I think the real the real adjustment for Boston was they just didn't send as many double teams, especially early. They 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 sent help a lot better, and they didn't make it as easy for Giannis to find those open players because they weren't there. So I think, you know, where's the seasoning? I think we saw some in the second half. They started incorporating Giannis as a screener, and we saw offensive success, and the Bucks won the second half. I think because of that in large part, and I think it's not a coincidence. I mean, some of it is, you know, it was unsustainable to keep going as hot as they were in the first half. But I think there's a co- not a coincidence there that Boston's offense tapered off the same time Milwaukee kind of found its own offense. You know, basketball is a, a rhythm game. You know, I've seen people go it was 40 to 65 at halftime is the 65 more concerning than the 40. You have to look at both. And I think their terrible offense is really fed into defensive issues in that game. So I think, you know, involving Giannis more as a screener for sure. I think the other adjustment too is like he's just got to win more of those one on ones. I mean, if they're not going to send help, you know, it's great to get him involved as a screener more. They should have done that much, much earlier. Giannis should also just be winning against Grant Williams and Al Horford more. Not every time, but, you know, missing 10 of 12 shots, that feeds into it too. You know, they're going to have to send that help again if Giannis is dominating those guys. And again, he found more success in the second half. They needed to help him out more. And there were still bodies there. They were just sent like later, a little better. But some of it just comes down to like, you know, if Giannis is his typical destructive force, it's a lot harder for Boston to get away with not sending help earlier. So, you know, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but I do think that it won't take a full half if the offense starts off that way again to see more of like Giannis DHOs with Grayson or Pat or you know, even like Drew Brooke pick and roll they've done sometimes. Just like some different stuff to, to not make it so no one is moving. I mean, that's what Adam kept reiterating on our post game pod was like, no one's moving and that's death on offense.
2: Yeah. Even just having Giannis like not involved in the primary actions at some points, just have them off ball, have them as a cutter in like aforementioned, like you mentioned, Ty, like uh, Grayson Brooke, Drew Brooke actions. If you have Giannis as the weak side rotation, that's just death for the Celtics because the, he draws so much gravity on his own and that attention's still going to be there, even if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. So you just need to have more creative ways to get guys involved. I know that's easier said than done, but they've also shown that they can do it before. And they certainly should be able to do it again, considering that they have film, like I'm assuming they watch their own film sometimes.
1: Maybe they're like us. Maybe they don't. It's awkward. You know, they're like, no, we actually don't watch the film. It's I mean it's that's really fair. I mean <laughs> they
3: get to really like the six minute
1: mark of the fourth quarter and you see it's like they're down by twenty five, like
2: Yeah, we're done. we yeah. like, let's let's close up shop here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean I don't I don't listen to these,
1: so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who who are we to say that they, they should listen, they should watch the film, at least mute it so they don't have to hear themselves.
3: But I think I think though this is where without Chris yep. and kind of the crux of this series with Yana specifically is how do you balance being the guy that the Celtics are going to send walls of defenders, you know, anytime he has, he leaks out in barriers or like barriers, bar- of bar- so, sorry, barriers, um, <laughs> or uh, the early help or whatever help that, you know, that case may be, because it's probably going to fluctuate, you know, depending on game situations um, or being the, like, being the passer that he was in game one, like you're going to, we're going to see all sorts of like different shades of Giannis where it's like, how can you be, how can you play? I'm te- like, explain this very terribly, but it's like, how can you juggle being like that being selfish and being like, I want to score, make the right play. Cause he's still making the right play when he's not, when he's always seen one guy on him and it's like, okay, I'm Giannis. I can get to the rim at will <laughs> regardless of the situation. And I'm going to try to make the shots. He wasn't, making the shots for much of the first half. if I mean, all the first half. But even, like, the passes weren't there for him in game two that were there in game one. So it's, like, this interesting dichotomy that just, I mean, pretty much explains the series from a Bucks perspective. Um, that Giannis, like, he's never had it like this. I think it, I just saw his usage percentage is, like, 40%, which is, like, I bet is probably the highest it's ever been in a player series for him, even if it's two games. So, yeah, yeah, like, he's at a – I mean, it's not surprising to see, especially when they're without Chris, but, like,
1: it was certainly hammered home in game two. Definitely was. Um, I think the next question we kind of touched on a little, this is also from Rare, is there too much play random? I think the first half there definitely was in game two, and that's when, you know, that philosophy of just, like, trusting the players, it also – like he waited so long to call the first box timeout, like way too long. And again, it, it all comes back to that philosophy. It's you know play random. You know don't be too structured. You know let the players kind of work it out. It just wasn't working fast enough uh, in game in game two. Um, so I, I would think yes, but then I'll just throw out the next question too, and we can all jump in. Uh, last one's from Rare. Who other than Drew can make an entry pass on the team? And does everything really need to run through Giannis since Chris is out? So kind of to your point about his crazy usage percentage, Jordan.
3: Um, running everything through Giannis? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you really trust Grayson Allen or Pat Connaughton? Do they trust themselves in those situations?
2: That's I trust a and, Grayson more than Chris, uh, Pat in that situation. But also, like, this is where George, Hill, George Hill's injury really hurts you a lot, just a yeah. lack of another ball handler. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm sorry, Javon Carter, that's not your forte. You have very, very good skills in other departments, but just that's not your forte. Uh, like, otherwise, you're just asking too much Drew and Giannis to just handle the entirety of the offensive load. So I agree, you do need to get Grayson involved. Like, I don't know what else you can really do realistically. Unleash Luca. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thanasis. Point <laughs> Thanasis in the playoffs? Like, yes. Give me give me point center Thanasis. Just do it. <laughs> but that's where we're at. I mean, this is...
3: It's the struggle because you want to see Giannis be maximized in so many different ways because we have seen the story before. We have seen the walls or barriers be built <laughs> up for, for Giannis in past playoffs, even when You know, they won the title last year. Like they still had to find that balance, find the different ways that can, you know, maximize his screening, his off ball scoring, just because we know how effective he is. And just he's seven foot, he's a center, but he can handle like a guard and do all the things that just make him so unique. But again, you know, you're going into a series without your most diversified scorer with Chris. I would say, even with Drew being as effective as he is. And, I mean, largely he's had a good series. Like, I know his efficiency is kind of low, but that's it's kind of what you expect
1: playoff time, but not hopefully not that low. As in, in <laughs> I mean, hopefully the decision-making is better, too. I think that's what killed me. Yeah. Him and Giannis both, I thought, were making bad calls early in, in game one. I mean, I think they're going to need more from Drew as well. I think the key is just going to be, I think, it just needs to be less play random, a little bit more structured actions, especially when Giannis is off the court. Like, I just think that's how they're going to need to get by now. You know, I think getting Bobby and Brooke rolling more is, and, and, or just DHOs, whatever it is. But you know, that, that kind of stuff can really help when it's like, okay, we just need three possessions where Grayson Allen does something. Cause Drew is out there, but we're not going to, we can't, we can't just run every play through him and have him guard Tatum and Brown. So Grayson just do three plays like I I just think that's a lot better than you know just like all right dribble around a little bit try to drive there's nothing there get the ball back out all right I'll kick it to Drew and there's five seconds left and the possession's already dead like I just think more a little bit more structure is the key and you know I think Javon can make an entry pass I don't know I mean he's not a point god but I feel like he's a good passer
2: I think he could make an entry pass I believe in it Which I I don't even say that sarcastically. Like, that's insanely difficult in the NBA with the length of defenders. Like, that's why you see guys struggle with that all the time. Yeah, That's why it's a valid question. I'm not trying to – no shade intended. Like, that's actually a difficult task.
1: Start posting up in the actual paint. This was driving me crazy in game two. They'd get a mismatch like Bobby Portis with fast PP on him or something.
2: Well, you can't do that because, like, then you're running the risk of a three-second right away. So you have to start slightly Right outside of it.
1: Yes. Near the paint, right around that area. But I'm saying you can't start a post-up. Get up to your with, spots. Yeah, get you can't spots. start a post-up yeah. one foot within the three-point line. It just takes too long to get down there. Then you're going to get a five-second violation once you once you get into the nail or whatever it is. And you're just going to get the ball stolen. So it's like like get Brooke and Bobby, if you're going to do post-ups, Like get them in the right spot to actually do a post-up. And that that's like Brooke not shooting the first half of game one. I think he took like one field goal the whole game. Like, why? They're so tiny. Like, there's going to be shots there. We just talked about how hard it is to get offense going outside of Giannis and Drew. That's one way you can get some easy possessions. Him and Bobby both. Bobby will shoot over anyone, especially when Boston's quote-unquote bigs are usually going to be on Brooke or Giannis, one or the other, or both. Like, I, I just think they need to find some easier looks there that are just like, all right, even if Giannis and Drew are out there, even if it's starters, guys are a little tired, it's late in the game or late in the quarter or whatever. Let's just throw it down to Bobby, and Bobby can just do his thing. And I just feel like there was not nearly enough of that in Game Two.
3: Outside of West, I mean, all their starters can play a little bit of volleyball. I yeah. mean, it's not ideal, but if I mean, West will tell why, you he can too.
2: It's true. Yeah. He'll show you he he knows how to.
3: <laughs> but part of why I was expecting this series to be a muck it up type they they both, slop a the slop. Let's live a slop. Is that I thought the Bucks would lean in on that even more so just because it's like yeah. you have to manufacture something out of this, whether it's playing really good D and I mean they get up open threes, but the Boston still had to shoot the lights out as much as they did in game two to for their offense to look really effective. Um so I'm sure we'll see shooting aggression with that. But like I do I just think that that's that's a card that they could the Bucks can pull, and I don't think necessarily we want to see a 48-minute game where it's like, you know, it's way back to 1987 or, you know, or whatever Bill Lendier's combat <laughs> basketball, but uh, I I do think it's like it, it, it very well maybe their last resort of just like, okay, we're going to play this, like, the slop game that we wanted to play, and maybe, you know, it works out to their favor, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Next question from John JTXVX. Again, a two parter. We already kind of got to the first part, but what are the easiest adjustments they can make in game three that you think will help bring back the offensive production we saw in game one? And then defensively, do you think we continue to give easy three point looks to everyone just to keep Tatum in check? Is it good enough to just hope water finds its level in terms of their three point field goal percentage?
2: Well, I think we we covered like a bit of the first part. Like I was gonna say,
1: uh, just like to start, does anyone have anything else for for to fix the offense for Game Three?
2: Stop being stupid, just on a general <laughs> level.
1: Yeah, and worth resharing. I think non Giannis and Drew guys shot nine for twelve in the first half. They just didn't have enough shots. So I think you clearly need to diversify the offense more. No zero pass possessions. Move the ball. Move the bodies around the ball, etc.
2: Okay so do should we just tackle the second part of the question then? Yeah. Okay. So defensively do you like here's the thing. We know that this scheme works. We've seen it work, but the thing is when there's like a time when it goes wrong like game 2, everyone starts freaking out about it. Because it's like, oh, the system's broken. It doesn't work. We're allowing too many shooters to get open. What are we doing here? Fire bud. Just, it all It all snowballs. Maybe I'm being overdramatic, but that's who I am as a person. Uh, It's fine. It's fine. We've literally seen this formula win time and time again. It should even out. Here's the thing, though. You can't let, like, here's... In game two, a lot of the threes that, for example, Jalen Brown took in the first half were just coming right off a screen. That is not part of the Bucks' defensive scheme. That is because of a lack of fighting through the screen by the ball, like the guy defending Jalen Brown, and then the uh, center dropping back into the paint. That is a failure of the actual players who are executing the scheme, not of the scheme itself. If we're talking about the threes where you're leaving fast PP, uh, wide or open, Williams. if you're leaving... Yeah, Grant Williams, who's at, who's a shooter now. I would, I would tighten up on Grant Williams. He's from been the working, corners, he's been working on lethal shooter. Is he, is Grant Williams what Shemiojle
1: yeah, thought he would be? Literally is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really the corners. I think his above the break percentage is just okay, but he's lethal from the corners now.
2: Remember Shemiojle? I don't want to. <laughs> he was on this team. That's wild. If he uh, still
1: was, they they somehow have lost this series already.
2: <laughs> I think he'd play probably. Oh God, that's depressing. Good thing we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you just have to, you have to adjust it to like respond to what's happening. Like, like I was talking about Grant Williams, you have to tighten up on him. You can't let shooters just shoot right off the screen. You can't allow those type of things to happen, but you got to leave the non non shooters, quote unquote, non shooters open Peyton Pritchard, your Marcus smarts. Cause he's going to be available. Uh just guys like Derek White. Derek White, exactly. Well, how that's the I think
3: part of why Smart likely playing, as he said himself, is gonna be a big deal. Is that I think Marcus Smart Marcus Smart to the Celtics, like it just feels like every playoff series that they have, he is like he play because of how he plays, it's always like like a tightrope where it's like he can easily fall off and just like he was handling the ball for a lot of like early game one and that's when or not like because the Celtics came out to a fast start but like it speeding him up and having him be bring up the ball and stuff like that like that's not the best use of him or the Celtics offense and with the Bucks really keying up on Tatum and Brown and you know them playing the way that they did in game one I think Marcus Smart like <laughs> any free raid that he has as a ball handler as a shooter like they the Celtics will live with that or they have come to live with that and the bucks will live with that because it's like game he can have like six threes in one game or he can have six turnovers in one game and miss all the shots yeah it's just he is the all or nothing player that like I think the difference with him playing or not playing and having a guy like derek white who like adam and I were talking about before the series where it's like he is kind of like a little bit good at a, a little bit of everything but not good at, or great at one thing. Just that kind of inclusion into the starting lineup, I felt, like, really jolted the Celtics in, obvi- in an obvious way, <laughs> as we saw. I just think that is going to be a really fascinating to watch from a Celtics perspective is, like, Marcus Smart can either, like, really lift this team up offensively, or it can look like what it did in game one, even with Tatum and Brown probably have ga- better games than they did then.
1: I thought what's wild about like the limiting their three point shots, the fact that after game two, the shot quality page, their numbers, they had it as a dead even game on expected shot quality. So like the Celtics outscored the Bucks sixty to nine on three pointers. They shot way more than the Bucks did. But the looks the Bucks generated had bricked, like equaled out to that. So then you know, Giannis scores more. I think they had, they expected Giannis to score nine more points based on the looks he had in that game. Giannis scores a little more. You even out the three-point numbers, less turnovers. Like, you take some threes, you generate good threes, and suddenly, you know, maybe, like, you can live with the Celtics hitting some shots. So I still think that game, like, they definitely broke down and allowed some wide-open threes. I don't know how many open shots Jalen Brown got in that game. He just hit everything. Like, it didn't matter yeah. if he was open or not. So I think we all kind of expected a game like that at some point, especially you know Celtics really going into that with their backs against the wall without Smart, they, re- they basically had five guys who could play in that game. I know Derek White started. I know like not being Marcus Smart may have helped their offense. He scored zero points, and like he's a good guard defender, but not really for any of the Bucks matchup wise. Like he's not strong enough to guard Drew. I guess he's fine on like Grayson Allen or whatever, but he's not really yes. making he's not making a difference there. I don't think. And he didn't no. score. Like he made two of the three threes in the first game. He shot nine percent on threes in round one, a series they swept against a god awful defense. Like they they had the the four starters beside him and Grant Williams who could play. We'll see how Smart looks when he comes back. But I just think there's more there for the Bucks, and I don't think they have a huge three point problem. I think they just fell apart late in that game because they got beat down. Um, but I think tighten up those those bad mistakes. You're going to have some. Everyone has some. But I still think if you just generate better offense, it's going to work out pretty well in the end anyway. It's also, too, like they were down
3: from the moment that the Celtics scored. Yeah. So it's it it looks like a bigger problem just because they were chiseling away with like a butter knife when you're like expecting them to like shoot threes and try to get back into it because they had a legitimate shot to get back into it at some point. But it it just obviously didn't work
1: out that way. Correct. Last Discord question from assistant producer Eugene. Eugene asks, is it actually better for the Bucks if Smart plays next game?
2: Potentially? I don't know. Maybe? Because you're introducing a non-shooter? I'm a little too... Well... (laughs) Uh, I'm not, I'm not a volatile maker. shooter. You're introducing yeah, a volatile, volatile shooter.
1: <laughs> um, I don't want to say good or bad and, and do a jinx or anything, but it, it really, it, I think it depends. I mean, does it give them an emotional lift to see him back? Maybe, although they kind of already had that in game two anyway. I agree with you, Jordan, like the extra, the ball handling they asked him to do. That was like one of the big you know levers they pulled this year. You know, it's good. I think having him dribble against Drew Holiday full court with one arm was not a great idea, and we'll see how his arm is feeling. I know his knee is the quad. Or it's a lot of problems for Marcus Smart, but, you know, it depends what they ask him his role to be. But I just, like, outside of just being more depth that they clearly do need, I don't know what role they needed from him that they didn't have filled in game two.
3: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean – I I ultimately just come down to like a less than one hundred percent player, Marcus Smart or whoever. Um, like a, a, the type of player that he is, where he again super duper role player for the for the Celtics. Obviously, defensive player of the year,
1: but, you know all that stuff. But like
3: he he can help them as much as he
1: can hurt them. Is he and- the defense version of Russell Westbrook? just like so 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 involved people love him but we're not sure kind of yeah just because he I mean <laughs> Justin Superbuck's like <laughs> a little
3: video montage of him, just like he's just everywhere at, like at once and it's like you're not that's not even the guy that you're guarding so you're just getting in the way of yeah, the nuisance and irritant that he is but like I just think like if he is hampered by a thigh injury that is as fluid as the As he said, like, I don't know how effective he will be. I don't, what if, you know, he could play game three, but that may not be starting, you know, like I don't know if they would actually do that just because I think there is something when it comes to this time of year and you're even when you're not a hundred percent. And if you're deemed as like a, you know, coming off the bench, like that is a big adjustment, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I ultimately, I think it is a better for the Bucks that it does Smart does play. And I just
1: I don't know how great he's gonna look.
2: That's why I said interesting at the top. It's better.
1: It's better until he makes like eight out of ten threes or something. Yeah, but that might not happen. It might not happen. We'll see. We we can't assume
2: that happens.
1: I think they'll let him go early. I think if he starts to make them, we'll see the Bucks approach him differently. But we did see, like in game one, they were basically just like, all right, dude. Honestly, they kind of do the same with Al Horford, which is hilarious because he actually can shoot. He just doesn't like to. But like, they look at smart, time Lord, Horford a little bit, Derek White a little bit, Pritchard. And they're just like, yeah, OK, good luck. Uh, all right. If it's not Jalen or Jason, we're, we're OK with you doing anything. Uh, they just need to be a lot more careful with Grant. And I think a little more careful with Horford. But we'll see if he ever actually decides to make them pay in a significant way. Now we'll go to the Twitter questions. The plebes getting the Discord for priority question. Asking. Wow! Just kidding. We love our Twitter <laughs> friends too. Andrew Snyder at AC Snide asks, "Who would win in a fight, Lucky or Bango?" Ooh. Bango. Yeah, I think. I mean, Bango's whooping some lucky butt. <laughs> Jordan's not sure. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be Bango. He's got
3: the animal instincts. Lucky is <laughs> wearing his little puffy pants
1: and like <laughs> do the Toto O'Brien uh, square off thing with this fish. I don't think it's as powerful, but I have to assume a deer kick is like in the neighborhood of a horse kick. And I know a like horse a kick. No,
2: are we are we assuming it's an actual deer? Yeah, Bango is a deer. B- Bango's not a real deer, though. I think we're talking like actual Bango mascot versus... Lucky.
1: So you just want two guys to fight. That's how you took this question? A guy yes. in a deer costume and then just a guy yeah. who's dressed like an idiot? Yes. <laughs> I guess Bango, because he has extra padding, then. It's like, a, it's like a force field. I assume yeah. deer versus leprechaun.
3: Also, I mean, Lucky's wearing a vest that's any type of person that's wearing, like... <laughs> Yeah, your shoulders are you could fight, but I I don't know. I feel like that might. It's not like a flak jacket that could protect you from deer kicks.
1: Have we ever seen Lucky jump off of a giant ladder? Like I feel like Bango has no. more proven athleticism too. For no, sure, Lucky's just going to the Cheers Bar where everybody knows his name. <laughs> that's it. It's unanimous. <laughs> Bango over Lucky. Um, from son of gray at sayan underscore Justin, why on earth do the Bucks have three off days followed by a two thirty p.m. tip on Saturday afternoon? Is at Adam McGee eleven lobbying the NBA to better accommodate his schedule? Adam already weighed in, said, "No, they're not." Has these haven't even been good times for me? Adam suddenly getting real picky about day games for Europe viewership, uh, a convenience.
2: I don't want to hear him complain about having to stay up anymore.
1: <laughs> I'm okay with it. It's pretty brutal. Also. He's complaining it. about day games. That's yeah, it's fair. I would say I
3: don't mind the break. I, mean,
1: I do. This, I'm impatient.
3: But this is where I mean, I do agree like their scheduling does feel weird that they have like I know that they want to capitalize like every having I mean, two games on a night, but
1: it's I weird to have a it's weird to have 3 days where the same four teams play twice. And no yeah. one else plays when there's still eight teams involved. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Theoretically, you shouldn't have an off, off night.
1: Yeah. Um, but Someone said they didn't want to go up against Doctor Strange and Cinco de Mayo. And I'm just like, I feel like that's not a consideration for the NBA. I didn't even know the Doctor Strange movie was coming out. The Marvel people are going to be upset with me. I know I'm in a basketball space, but. But they. They compete against Easter. Right? <laughs> Easter is small potatoes compared to Cinco de Mayo and Apparently, Doctor
3: Strange. Doctor Strange is multiverse of
1: whatever madness. madness. They think. play on Christmas. Like I don't I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, they play on Christmas, I they don't play
1: know. the only other days that they It's don't, just they we
2: can just say it's poor scheduling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Hogfest. Yeah. That's why that's, that's why the, the the Godsmack thing. It's I've been informed it's called Hogfest. It's like a bigger deal than just Godsmack. Yeah, that's why they can't play in five on Friday. Thirty to
3: fifty feral hogs just roaming around Pfizer.
1: <laughs> They're actually, it's actually the same hogs from the tweet. It's pretty hype. It's it's Ooh. a pretty big deal. Yeah, people are excited about Hogfest. <laughs> They're time. like the, they just travel around from arena to arena. <laughs> I would rather uh, this is a hot take. I'd rather watch Hogfest than Red Panda for the eighteen hundred time. I've also I've heard that I've heard I don't know. We'll move on. From Steve Pelashek at, at Steve Pelly, Probably a cynical question, but is this series really going to come down to who shoots better from three with a nod to at F Madden NBA, Frank Madden. Uh, hoping for at least a couple hard hard fought games where neither team really has the edge there. It's, it looked like you're about to say hog fought. I have hogs on the <laughs> mind now. I, honestly, I would much rather go to the Feral Hog Fest than to see Godsmack and other whoever else is at the music hog fest.
2: Yeah. What is happening? Hogs. Nice. Hogs.
1: Jordan, is it? Uh, Rohan. Sorry, I got you guys confused again. You look a lot alike. <laughs> yeah,
2: we look very similar. Yeah. <laughs> Rohan, is the series going to come down to who shoots better from three? No, it's going to come down to who allows the quality of threes. You think so? I think so. It's It's more nuanced than just make or miss threes. I think
1: it's more nuanced than either. That's how nuanced I am. Mm.
2: I mean, I mean, you're right. It's more than just that. The series is gonna come down to a lot of that. A lot more than that. I'm yeah. saying that's gonna be a factor.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I have seen the sentiment though of like, oh, whoever, you know, whoever's hotter from three, whoever gets and makes more threes is gonna win the series. That's because it, both the defenses are so good. I think the Bucs could generate a lot. I think the Bucs could get outshot from three, not ridiculously, obviously, like they did game two. But I think they could get outshot from three, like 35 to 40 percent, like something like that on even if Celtics shoot a little bit more and still win games, because I, I think they have more avenues to run better offense. Like I think even with the Celtics offensive explosion, again, I think we still we've seen the Bucks defend them well at times, even in game two. And I just think if the offense is better, their defense holds better as well. And I just think, you know, Giannis gets going, they, they get Giannis some easier looks like you know, we've seen the Bucks shoot terrible from three and beat teams who shoot well. I don't know if they'll be able to do it to that extent, but I do think that the Bucs could be the worst shooting team and still win. Thankfully for them, outside of Giannis and Drew, they've shot fairly well from three so far this series. I think they have more reliable shooters now, um, but I don't think it's as important. I, I just think it's about the overall looks for the Bucs, not just the threes.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> well said. All right,
1: from Robert at MKE. Robert, no stranger to the mailbag game. Robert asks, "Do we think the Bucks adjust their three-point defense or stay the course?"
2: I think we answered this one already. Just sort of adjust it, but keep the same clean team. it up a little. Yeah, clean it up.
1: Okay, clean up on aisle defense. They have the right idea
3: of what they want. I do think, to your point that we said earlier, is that like the shots that Jalen Brown was missing. Like off the dribble and stuff like that. In game one, like he was missing them horribly, short on a lot of those. He was making them with ease in game two. So, like, I do think it that off the dribble kind of juice that you know Tatum and Brown kind of give the the Celtics that. Obviously, the Bucks are missing without Chris. That's going to loom large, like to the overall three point defense discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would welcome. Al Horford shooting threes I would welcome Grant Williams if he is not in the corner yeah (laughs) yes like I do think the Bucks had the the right idea it's just a matter of you know not falling into a hole that they can't get out of as they did in game two
1: yeah and I do think the the biggest defensive change that I'm going to look toward is you know are they do they use Brooke the same And I know Brook's overall game in game two was kind of a mess. He got in a foul trouble. They started having him come out a little bit farther from the rim. Then he just didn't play as much because of the fouls. And I think, you know, they were really good in the minutes that Bobby and Giannis played without him game one. I think that Bud tried to go back to that. I do think, like, figuring out how to keep Brook out there for longer is going to be a big deal. Like, despite the plus minus, like, we just saw what he did defensively in game one. And I think trying to find that happy medium of how far he comes out to contest mid-rangers while still, you know, defending the rim and boxing out there, I think that's going to be really important as well. So I'm just going to look at Brooke and how much he plays, how they use him in game three. That's what I'm most concerned with. But yeah, I would also. You know, just don't help from the strong side corner as often, please. Like that would be beneficial.
3: That's a pat that's a pat mistake. Yeah. When he did that, I think it was like second quarter.
1: Grant, I think. And I was, it was... like,
3: that, I, how many times have we seen that kind of thing? Yeah, it's more it's a Giannis of like, thing too. Yes. It's, Giannis, it's yeah. more of like you can see the discipline that the Bucks play defensively in game one, and they just you know kind of lose it in game two when things are you know, they're they're down bad, <laughs> literally. Um I think it's just that it's you just have to play within your principles and kind of just general NBA rules like that everybody can say like (laughs) talk about help defense is such a like very intricate part of like basketball and everything like that but it's like when you leave a guy that's in the corner and the ball's like right here and no one else is like the vicinity of like defending him it's like should be doing that. It's probably bad. (laughs) Yeah, probably not a good idea where you're kind of like the crux of holding things together on that side of the floor defensively. So
1: If you just think about it, and I'm not saying you can in that moment as the defender, but if you think about it right now, if you give up a 50% shot to a good corner three-point shooter, it's worth 1.5 points. That's the math. That's the point per possession. Mid-range shots don't get that much better than 50% on average. That's worth one point. Like, you know, the math is there. Give up the two. Even if he makes it. It's a lot better than making the threes, both for the score and I think momentum too. I felt like Boston was going craziest after the I mean, like there was a Tatum dunk, like dunks, obviously, but and the Robert Williams dunk was sick. The the long L oop. But like those corner threes, they were going nuts. It's just like, just don't do that. Make him make the yeah. two. I mean, the whole Bucks whole defense is built on that. And yet, uh, all right, from Steve again. Second question from Steve Pelichek: Will Giannis really figure
2: it out? Yes. Yeah, he's Easy Giannis. He's Giannis. Yeah. He figures everything out. What has he not figured out? I, I, the Chick Fil A yeah. sponsorship.
1: I think that's a Chick Fil A problem. I, no, I think he actually did it locally. As did I say he? that, yeah, I think. They or were right. was it? Did, did another chain? Did Culver's move in? I don't remember. Culver's tried they to. Tried to. They tried to. They tried, I don't know if they. Did. I think a local. I don't know if. I don't know if anyone officially did. I think they just run like deals that you know, like they make it clear it's him, but without using any trademark infringing. If you want the TCL. fifty piece and the and the special drink with no ice, come on in. Yeah. Covers in enough or
3: offer enough uh cheese curds for yeah, this is worthwhile. Um now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I, yeah, he's gonna figure it out. It's to what extent figuring it out is when Again, you're without Chris. It, it's not going to always look great, yeah. But he's not going to go one for twelve in a first half again. I think that much is clear. It was the same. The same question that we were t- probably a lot of people were saying after Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined to go seven of thirty-one in Game One. You know, like.
1: It, this is the playoffs. This is what happens when well, someone that, underperforms. That's why this is like a really interesting time in the series, though, right? Because now both yes. teams have had moments to say that. So now when it does level off, like this is really, and I mean, I know the Bucs should be expected to win since it's their home games. But now it's really like, okay, if it levels out in between, who takes the first game? Like who sets the tone now? Assuming, you know, we don't see the Celtics go as nightmarishly bad as game one and the Bucs, at least, as the first half of game two. So, it is a, a really game. Three is going to be fascinating. Um, two more questions. One more from Robert at MKE. Robert, lineup change or no lineup change?
2: No lineup change. What would no you do? Why, why would they? Yeah, I think Grayson instead of Bobby. But like, why? Yeah, I would not either. No. I Bobby. I just
3: don't. I don't know what. It, it's it. Something like that, like, at this point in the series where, again, they already took a game in Boston. Like, yeah, that is – they're going to have to do it again, obviously, considering where the series is at. But, like, the hard – that is (laughs) one of the hardest things to do, and to do it in game one without one of your best players and stuff like that, and the manner that they did is already a huge achievement. I just think, like, to go from game two being, you know, obviously – a huge they were all they. they were on the struggle bus and then their next like recourse of like of game planning everything is to go from bobby to grayson or wh- whoever else pat to great from bobby to pat or whatever i just think that like only can create more harm than good
1: yeah you know i mean yeah i don't think that there's not an obvious reason to make the toggle right you yeah. know, if the reason they lost game two was oh Bobby got cooked, you know, then maybe we would say yeah, it probably will. I don't know Bobby played fine. You know, I don't think there was anything clear in the the first five that gave Boston the edge. I mean, I think if Giannis and Drew play that poorly and make those bad decisions and and don't make any shots, it doesn't matter who is the fifth guy or the fourth guy or the third guy. So I think that's I, I just think the way they lost does not lead you to thinking like we need to make some sort of a change here.
3: You don't punish like a role player like that for be like they're the reason why Giannis is not playing better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, Bobby, you were five I, for seven. You held up on defense, but Giannis started two for twelve, so you're on the bench again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I I don't I don't see it. He'd love it way. too. He'd, yeah, he'd be it. okay. I don't think he'd love it, but he'd be like, no, oh, Yeah, you're right. Underdog. Yeah. Drop his new the shirt. He's the best. <laughs> he is. Uh last question. Oh, second to
2: last. I think we have one that you can't see.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, whoa, okay. I don't know. The, that's, that's scary if I can't see it. Uh, the B's knees. second penultimate question. At Sean T. Cronin. True or false, Giannis's basketball IQ is the single most underrated feature of any active NBA player? Probably false. I wouldn't well, say... What would it be then? Of any active NBA player? I, I don't... Probably something like... He's so popular. He's got 2 MVPs. He got final like, MVP.
2: No one no one thinks of him as being like a highly intelligent basketball player.
1: I think people are coming around. Also, not a great time to ask the question. It wasn't really on display for the first 24 minutes of the last game.
2: I think it I think it is severely underrated. I think it's
1: probably underrated. I don't know if it's severe anymore.
2: I think in general general discourse it is not within buck's discourse. Well, yeah, no.
1: I Yeah, I mean I, I just remember the whole like MF first thought I couldn't pass thing after the finals. Like I feel like around then, I don't know. I felt like that was kind of I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking of our conversations. I, I think was, it's our I
2: think that, it's our That was our
1: big conversation this year. Maybe it's still underrated or was under, it undervalued? Underrated. Underrated. I wouldn't I think it's underrated.
3: I don't think it's of any active NBA player.
2: I can't think of anything though. Huh? I can't think of any any super underrated skills of players. Yeah, I I
3: I don't know. And anything like anything that's talked about on social media is so distorted by you know what I mean? Like what is what are we parsing like someone be like this guy got dumped on? (laughs) And it's like, you know what I mean? Or like the Anthony Edwards, like, the, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. I just think it's just so distorted like, okay, we're, like, if we actually talked about, like, skills that, like, you know, not to bring him up, but, like, Draymond Green, like, he, we always, like, oh, he can't shoot and all this stuff. But he somehow manages to make the Warriors a, this incredibly potent team that might make the finals again this year, depending on how they play against the Suns or if they make it out of the Grizzlies series, without – being like an effective shooter or willing scorer because he's that good defensively and he's that good of a passer, just reads the game at, at a incredibly intelligent level. Like yeah. I don't know, like it's it's hard to parse it from like that perspective. Like Giannis is just so great in so many different ways, but like a guy like Draymond Green or even
1: like a Marcus Smart type play. Like I, that I have an player. unpopular answer. I think. Sorry to cut you off, Jordan. No, no it's okay. Rudy Gobert's defense. I just think people don't care anymore. I think people blame him for Utah's defensive struggle.
2: I think people have come around on that, though. They've recognized now, that Utah, you just their perimeter defense. The, you is you know what the problem
1: with this combo is? Because we're all talking about different groups of people that are so loud, like Jordan said, that it's impossible to parse. Like, we'd have to pull like a thousand random NBA fans, which more. you can't really do more. Yeah. But. I, I don't know. I just think for a guy who's that good at defending the rim that a lot of people think that he's like the reason their defense struggles. Maybe.
3: Yeah, I I do, I do think that is Yeah, a good it's call. fair. Especially it's now, fair. like it's it's gonna be to the point where it's undervalued because he's at the only I mean he it's not like he's helping it's
2: not it's not his reason It's fault, it's not his fault that it breaks. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He's the
3: guy that's patching everything. He's Spider Man, or the End Spider Man Two, where he's holding on like the train, yeah. <laughs>
1: like you have it, like, come on guys, let's go.
2: And then the rest of Utah's players are just cutting at the webs.
1: Yeah, it's
2: got. I think it's almost got to be
1: someone like that. Yeah, or is it like Herb Jones's defense? Because like a lot of casuals don't even know who he is. That's fair. Like you yeah. nodded, you shook your head right away, Rohan. Everyone who knows about Herb Jones knows, but. I mean, there's a lot of people who probably just have not paid enough attention to watch. So I think it's either it's either a malign star or someone like that who's just like so under the radar that Brandon Ingram's talked, scoring. We would have talked about Giannis after the Heat series where
3: it's like, what like not even a heat series, we're talking about probably during the Net series, I think. <laughs> you know, like about like can he be a number one? Can he yeah. find ways to score and all that stuff? But like that is always gonna be an ongoing conversation just because, you know, the best way to beat Giannis is make him take tough jumpers and not, you know, make barriers yeah. towards the rim and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. I think that's a more interesting way to look at it is that, like, there's always going to be something undervalued if a team like Utah or a team like the Bucks a couple of years ago just flames out of the playoffs, like, spectacularly. Yeah. And you just, like, oh, everybody, trade everybody. They're not getting along. And that's also kind of true. <laughs> like, it's not nothing. The pieces aren't working in concert to, like, how they
1: hope it would be. But like, yeah, I think I like that answer a lot with Rudy. Thank you. All right, final question, Jordan. The secret question.
2: <laughs> um, this is from Joey Harris. It's a private account that you don't, oh, find, which is why you can't see it. There we go. Uh, hypothetically, if Rohan had to play at least five minutes in Game Three, which would help Milwaukee's chances more, if he played for the Bucks or against the Bucks? Against the Bucks. Against the Bucks. I'm sorry.
1: Wow, I'm oh. sorry. How is that even a question? why why yes so so you're are are you actually questioning if we think you're a plus rotational player
2: i'm asking what's gonna go wrong in those five minutes just about everything like what
1: (laughs) actually you know maybe it wouldn't matter if you're on the celtics because the bucks don't target enough defensively but i do think like How long are you holding up if Drew is posting you up?
2: Oh, I'd give up immediately. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) I mean, but the thing is, is that any worse than any other Celtic?
1: If you just miss threes but were not good on defense, that's just Derek White who's not good on defense. Exactly. But that's worse.
2: But Derek White's already like not – he's going to fail defending Drew's post up anyway.
1: But I think he's going to fail better. He might, yeah. He he's gonna
3: fail better, and I mean, Drew misses the shot. Drew misses the shot, kind of thing. The process can be bad, but the results could.
2: Can... Yeah. What if I What if I scare him so much? He's like, "Why am I this open that he misses the layup?" I he Drew missing the
1: layup is very reasonable. I I also think like he might bully you to leave the game before the five minutes.
2: I'd probably, I'd probably get hurt. I'd get hurt immediately.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I feel like you're in okay shape. I would love to see, like, Rohan, like,
3: shooting, like, a wide-open corner <laughs> three, but, like, Al Horford just running at it. That's a bad example, but, like, someone <laughs> just, like, this, George, like, Pat. Robert
1: Williams. No, Pat's Robert. the scary one. Imagine you're about okay, to shoot yeah. a three,
3: and Pat is just, like, soaring through the air this, right yeah, at you. This, like, spider monkey, just, like, whoo, like, <laughs> you
2: know. Oh, see, here's what I do then. Then I pump fake, and then I sacrifice my body and get a foul.
3: <laughs> do you it's think it's hard I think the processing speed of that though is hard I think I'm kind of intelligent it's not well, it's, it's a different it's, thing it's a different thing when you're playing against an NBA
2: I know I'm, I'm not thinks me, let me, let
1: me is out be are drawing 50 free throws a game he sees the next move
2: I do not think that I am capable of playing on an NBA court let me be clear do you think you I make do make not think I'm any close in three tries three tries probably not okay that's good. In that in that situation, no. Yeah. If it's like open gym, yes. If it's a, oh, yeah. an NBA court, no. <laughs> How about this? Okay, you know, like the
3: game that they do during the, uh, you know, timeout or whatever at Pfizer, where it's like, you shoot it from free throw line for like five hundred bucks, shoot it from three point line, I think for a thousand, shoot it from five thousand, or shoot it from half court, you get
1: five thousand if you make it. Which Which one would you pick? Free throw. Interesting. I would shoot the three because I don't trust myself to make the free throw. And it's better if you miss the three than if you miss the free throw.
2: Yeah, but there's still a higher percentage of the free throw. No, I know.
1: But it's I'm more worried about the negative outcome.
2: People miss the free throw. It's not the worst thing. Yeah, but I don't want to do that.
1: Like, no one cares. People who don't host NBA podcasts miss the free throw, and it's not a big deal. That's if fair. I miss the free throw, every time someone disagrees with me on Twitter... It's the guy who can't even make a damn free throw telling me about hoop. I'm burning the tape if I have to take the shot. That's fair. That's court. fair. I think I'd take the three though. I think the three the, – the, the half court is stupid. Yeah. But – Yeah, it's just, never yeah. – you're I mean, you Get people, back to the – It's epic if you make it. I mean the guy who said like you can call me anytime or whatever and then made it. Like yeah, is that epic? Of course. But it's like one in 10,000 tries or something. Yeah. Maybe not that. What do you think so, the – One in 100?
2: Yeah, something maybe
1: it's less. It's probably be less because there's a lot of non, not there's there's people who take it who like literally could not probably make it. That's the sad part.
2: For are we talking half courts? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people can't even get the ball there. Yeah, and it's it's sad
1: when they do it. Like they'll do one where it's only half court. I don't think that's even fun. No, practically one in one hundred. But this it, is NBA players uh, collecting. Their- oh, like heave data. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's, yeah. So it's way, way Way less. That's an NBA player. Yeah, it's got to be like one in 50,000 then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If not higher. Do you guys remember when Trill Withers did that poll of like all the people? Like, do you think you could score on Harrison Barnes in five minutes? And 65% of people voted
2: yes. 65% of people are idiots.
1: (laughs) His follow-up was great. It was like all these people votes in the next presidential election count as much as yours. Think about that. Oh, my God. And that explains a lot about where we are right now as yeah. a nation. Harrison yeah. Barnes is six ten. Yeah, he's an actual plus defender. Yep, he's six ten. He was like the number one recruit in his
3: like high school class. It's like
2: he's, also, s- he's like an insane world class athlete as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, well, they all. That's the thing. It's like the Scalabrine thing when Scal is playing like former D one yeah. players, and they're just getting like destroyed. He's been retired for five years. He was never that good but he's so much better than anyone you've ever played against.
3: There was a David Roth of defector.
1: Yeah. Former dead
3: spin fame. I saw this randomly on my Twitter uh perusing it yesterday. Cause I was bored at work. Um, <laughs> there's a picture of Todd McCullough, uh, Sixers net center from like the early two thousands. I wonder if I can't remember if he's on that Sixers team that beat the Bucks with Ray Allen. Um, there's a picture of him in high school getting quadruple teamed, <laughs> and he's just like seven foot guy. And it's like he was not a scorer by any means. He was just this big, stiff guy that you know rebounded the ball and existed during a specific point of. He
1: was on that team.
3: He was on that team. He yeah. was on that team. Um, but yeah, like got like Todd McCullough, or like it's like you can think of like any random NBA player that just like has existed and has made his way. On a bunch of teams, and it's like, yeah, they're, they they <laughs> they're still stars and all this stuff.
2: If you've will, heard of I him, will concede though. I will concede that I could shoot a fadeaway over Isaiah Thomas.
1: I don't know. How high can he jump?
3: It could be. It could be like Kristaps and you know Wesley Matthews. No, but like you. a
1: fade, a, like a literal fading jumper. I think there's a shot he stuffs it. He can dunk, right? Yeah? Barely. Uh, I don't know about posts. I don't know. Yeah. I
2: don't know if he can.
1: I think he at least used to be able to. It's different now. Yeah.
2: I could shoot. I could get the shot off on, a, on a post fit. Some...
1: But I the, the issue is he's like two inches shorter than you. No, he's not. Isn't he
2: 5'10? Oh, no, he's, no five... he's not. What is he, 5'6? He's way shorter than that. He's listed at 5'9, but that's a generous 5'9.
1: So we'll say 5'8. So he's five inches shorter. He's got than Six 6'2
2: wingspan though.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say he's probably got an equal wingspan.
2: Yeah, I have a plus wingspan,
1: and he's way stronger. No offense.
3: No, he athlete. is. I mean, no, yeah. he's a
2: professional athlete. I'm not saying. Yeah.
3: Where where's this fadeaway being taken?
1: Yeah, because
2: you have to get it pretty.
1: You have to get it pretty close to the rim, because you're not moving him.
2: I'm just a saying. Nail? I'm so yeah, a sure. Shot. Yeah, I'm saying I could get a shot off. Oh. I could not – yeah, I could – there's no chance I'm ever okay. stopping I you, him. I thought defense. it was
3: – you think you could make a shot off of
2: well, – I mean, like, time. if I can get a shot off, there's a chance it goes in.
1: Potentially. Potentially. There's a
2: small shot for sure. Yeah. That's the only way I could do it, though. Yeah. So the answer is Celtics. Right? Do you think the Bucks would <laughs>
1: guard you? Because there's two ways no, they, could, they could No, no chance. Well, here's the thing, though. They either leave you wide open – I think they leave you wide open, but they probably, like, if you have the ball, I think they're just going to go take it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They do yeah right. I would. The, the ball would be out of my hands before I even get it.
3: Yeah. Ron, uh, they, like, rondo him or, like, the non-shooter kind of thing. Yeah. Where they just, like, completely abandoned you. Yeah, Giannis, did, Giannis would be action. your matchup.
1: You could tell people forever Giannis defended you, That's sort true. of.
2: Defended in quotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: But the that answer is Celtics. One. Yeah, the answer is Celtics.
2: Yeah. You don't think I, I could be a positive role player? I you think- don't think I could step in and take a charge because I don't. No.
1: <laughs> if you're smart, I you won't so. either. One I possession so. is not worth your happiness for life. More my, just my life. That too. You
2: know? <laughs> I'd get killed. Maybe. Like imagine me trying to take a charge for Robert Williams. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dude.
1: you Oh, you'd get Brandon Knighted for sure.
2: I'd get it'd be worse than Brandon Knight because I
1: just I don't like don't know if I that's possible, dude. Some of the, I think it's worse.
3: Some of the because I wouldn't I be
2: able it. to jump,
3: might, it might be that, but like he also might jump over you. So it's like a Giannis, Tim Hardaway
2: kind of situation. Oh,
1: like, oh imagine an oop they get him like Jet against LeBron.
2: Oh my god! Oh my god, I forget. Yeah, see, that, the thing is, I wouldn't try on that.
1: Yeah, you can't go and You can't go around the rim. That's dangerous because they look at you. They see Food City. They see Dunk. Plus, like, I dunk.
2: don't have the respect of the officials, so I'm not going to get it. <laughs> Definitely not. Out. Yeah, no. I'm going to. It's going to be all oh, you're out of position.
3: Yeah. Pete Fitzgerald's going to whistle that. And it's going to be an official NBA. And it's not
2: like count. it's not like Bud's going to waste <laughs> a challenge on me. You know. No. He's like, Rohan,
1: you just got rocked. Go get back on the bench. <laughs> no, Bud's waiting to call timeout for ten more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> Just like like my leg is bent like another way. It's like he's he'll walk it off.
1: He's just you're just like crawling off the court. It's like play on, play on.
2: Pass Time out. Play random. Timeout. It's like, yeah, why why bother calling a it timeout? It's four on five anyway, even when he's healthy, you know? Like can't can't waste the timeouts.
1: No. All right. Well, that's a great, a great last question. I yeah, think I thanks, think we're all done now, Joey. Yeah. I
2: think you knew. I think I think you knew where that was heading, and you just wanted me to get roasted, Joey. So appreciate it. It's that. not even really a roast, though. It's not. It's the truth. Like I accept it. We're like we're, I'm not going to fight roast. you on it. I'm like I know that I'm not going to survive. I'm a rational human being. Yeah, I think you're the best GSPN Hooper. I've never seen you guys hoop. I'm not. I'm not
1: very good. Rusty. You're also I've the youngest. That helps, too. That's,
2: that More is balance. a good
1: good key.
2: Except, Jordan's taller than me, though. Who is? Jordan. It, but
3: I'm rusty. I haven't played in a long time.
2: Do you have I, a plus wingspan? I think I might.
1: Jordan, for sure,
3: has,
2: like, a
1: sick elbow jumper.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I said it that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm just imagining we rock up to Ireland and Adam just like busts out like a Kyrie dribble package on us <laughs> if we ever play.
1: <laughs> Given his feelings on Kyrie, I think if he could, he wouldn't out of just like choice. He'd be like That no, would I be won't. the
3: funniest thing that to
1: happen. That would, that would that we, be yes. hilarious. He's like
3: <laughs> just this wizard with the
1: basketball. His day job is actually a lie. He just dribbles two basketballs with plastic bags on them all day, every day. Yep. He'd probably actually be on the Irish national team if he could. We also don't know if how Eugene hoops. Eugene Ooh, could true. be a hooper. Eugene's younger than me. Yeah. He might be Long tall, enough? too. We don't know much about him, but he looks tall and lanky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and on that though uh let's no. uh, wrap this up thank you for listening to this uh euro step winning six crossover uh thank you for all the questions on discord uh in discord and on twitter appreciate yep. that uh look sorry out for more I in the
1: future plebs people on twitter
2: yes we apologize please don't block us uh or at least like i don't know whatever just keep doing it, it, it we're, we're sorry uh, make sure you check out gspnstore.com for all the best merch in the game. Jordan's modeling it on YouTube right now. Speaking of which, go check out the YouTube. Go subscribe if you're not there already. If you are watching, just subscribe. Why not? Just do it. Leave a like as well. Turn on the uh, bell for notifications when the videos get posted so you don't miss it as soon as it drops. Uh, check out Substack, gspn.substack.com. Uh, make sure you leave a five star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you subscribe. If we get a new review, I'll sing it. I said that last episode. Ooh, uh, let me check? We, I, when I checked, I didn't see one, but wow. uh, you you might have something different. And while we're waiting, hit the wrong Jordan. One. What's Brooke Lopez's album?
3: Ooh, oh, yes. good call, good call. Um, I this is the one that popped in my head, and I really just have not been able to shake it before. I went with like Outcast, the spe- uh, the Love Below speaker box. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why, but it's not like any other Outcast album.
2: I mean, Outcast yeah. is always a solid choice, so I'm not going to. I like it.
1: Yeah. What did you say, Ty? Uh, Mob the- Deep, right? Yeah, Mob Deep, the Shook oh, Ones yeah, album. Yeah. It's called the Infamous. Yeah. Okay. Is
2: there? It was yours, a- the one? Why am I forgetting? Mine was Damn.
1: That's my like Kendrick. Yeah, no, no new review. Nothing for you to sing yet.
2: Okay, so uh, make sure you leave a review. I'll I'll sing it on the next episode. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening, Pod Random. We'll talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming.